At Woodside Bible Church, we gather each week to pursue God by studying His Word together. Welcome to our series, Newish. Everything's changed, have you? Where we're celebrating that in Christ, we have been given new life. The only question is, are you living it? Let's turn to Romans chapters five through seven to decipher whether we're living in Christ's freedom or trapped in the patterns of our old life. Thank you, Pastor Vince. Good morning, church. Let me add my welcome to Vince's and say it's good to be here. Even though it is raining outside, the showers of blessing are certainly in here. Amen? Amen. Amen. I would submit to you that nothing captures the essence of being an American quite like the word freedom. Would you agree? After all, we are the land of, or the, the land of the brave and the, well, sorry, how does that go? <laughs> we, what, what? Home of the brave, thank you. I, I knew somebody would help me. And the land of the free. free. It's really expressed in the song that Lee Greenwood uh, wrote called God Bless the USA, right? I'm proud to be an American where at least I know I'm free. Oh, yeah, you've sung that song, haven't we? And we're proud to sing that song. It makes us proud to be an American because we know we are free. But what is freedom? If I had to ask you to define freedom, how would you define freedom? You're Americans, right? We are all Americans. We all sing the songs of freedom. We sing it on every Independence Day. We sing it every time we have a chance. We are free, but what is freedom? The ability to do. Great. Keep going. To do what? Here, let me give you one that's going to help you. I paid her. Here we go. Ready? <laughs> Thank you so much. She's helping me. Um, here's a definition that most people uh, ascribe to when it comes to freedom. The right or power to act, speak, and think however we please without any hindrance or restraint. What do you think? The right or power to do whatever we want, whenever we want, without any limitations or restraint. Is that true? Is that freedom? Can we do whatever we want to do whenever we want to do it? Are, are you sure? Are we free to steal, kill, and destroy? But I thought we, I heard a yes. There will be, there will be prayer for you afterwards, so I won't. <laughs> Maybe there's some help, I don't know. But truly, we, we, while we could do that, we wouldn't do that because Truly, if we ascribe to that kind of freedom, it's really not freedom. It's more like a different word. What word would you add to that? Anarchy. It wouldn't be freedom. Freedom without limitations, without boundaries, is not really freedom. It is actually anarchy. And so we live in a world where we have this mental model of what freedom looks like, and yet it isn't true. We live in a world where we're bombarded daily, constantly with marketing strategy that tells us that if you could just experience this or if you could just buy that, that you would have freedom, that you would enjoy freedom to a whole new level. Did you know that Chase Bank has released a new credit card called Freedom Unlimited? Anybody heard of that one? Freedom Unlimited. Yeah, you've heard of it. I mean, how, but how, how could we not realize that freedom could come nicely wrapped and packaged in plastic? A beautiful thing. I mean, if you could just, all you have to do is, by the way, sign up and get approved, 
and you're on your way to freedom. You're on your way. <laughs> you're helping me out. Thank you. Absolutely. You're on your way. Freedom to plunge your, you have it. He, he has freedom. How many of you do? <laughs> He has the freedom to plunge into the ocean of crippling debt. All you have to do is sign up. He did. You can buy whatever you want. You can buy whenever you want, but only up to the boundary of your credit limit, right? But if, by the way, if you buy more than you have the ability to repay, then you're going to get the free gift, the absolutely free gift of high interest debt. True? So freedom isn't really free, is it? If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Romans chapter 6. We're going to look at verses 15 to 23 of this chapter. And we're, we're continuing in our series called Newish. And in this chapter, we are going to talk about slavery. <laughs> That's not a word we like. But we submit ourselves to be enslaved by debt, by addiction, by a host of things. And while we may not like the word enslavement, to be honest, many of us are enslaved to lots of different things in our life. Paul, as much as we don't like that word, Paul is going to use slavery as a metaphor to make a tremendous point. And the point is very simply this. We are all slaves. Everybody is a slave, but only Christians are free. Can I say that again? Everyone is a slave, but only Christians are free. Now, some of you are feeling offended by that statement. That's not a nice statement. It's certainly not politically correct, but it is true. And Paul, as we look at this portion in chapter 6, is going to use slavery as the metaphor by which he's going to give us this divinely inspired truth that everyone is a slave, only Christians are free. And so as we look at this passage, we have to remember that up to this point, Paul has been talking about the fact that those of us who have been born in this world have been born in Adam, and because we were born in Adam, we were born in sin. We followed the pattern that our, our forefather Adam did in the garden. When everything was perfect and everything was right, he chose to disobey. And since that point, sin and death and disobedience and rebellion with God has been the standard, the pattern for every one of our lives. That's the truth for every single person born in this planet. But while none of us had a choice in how we were born, every one of us has a choice in whether or not we stay in Adam. Because the choice that Paul gives us in the first part of chapter 6 is that you don't have to stay in Adam, but because of what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross of Calvary, those of us who accept his free gift of salvation can go from being in Adam to being in Christ. And when you're in Christ, you have a whole new identity, a whole new standard, a whole new power, because you have a, you're a whole different person now that you are in Jesus Christ. That's what we've been talking about. And now we come to verse number 15, and we're going to talk about what it looks like that we are actually slaves. You know, our culture believes that freedom comes with no boundaries or no limitations, but Paul is going to tell us that that is not true. 
Every one of us has limitations. Every one of us has somebody or something that we are bound to, that we are obligated to. There is something or someone holding our reins. And the question is, whose slave are you? That's the ultimate question I want to ask this morning and try to answer this morning with you. Whose slave are you? Who is it that we are serving? This morning, in order to find out whose slave we are, the first question we must answer is, who do you obey? Who do you obey? I'm going to start reading in verse number 15 of Romans chapter 6. What then? Are we to sin because we are not under law but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness? So Paul here in verse 15 reiterates a question very similar to what we saw in verse number one two weeks ago. Back then, he was addressing a condition or a question, hey, if, if Sin increasing makes grace abound and makes grace so glorious. Why don't we just go on sinning so that God's grace can look amazing in our life? And what was Paul's answer to that question? If you, you weren't here two weeks ago, were you? Absolutely not. No way, Jose, however you want to translate it. Absolutely not. In verse 14, Paul has just gotten, tell, gotten done telling us that we are no longer under the law, but we are under grace. And so now he anticipates another question. If we're not under law anymore, and the boundaries have been removed, then what's wrong with me sinning once in a while? No boundaries. Why don't I just go on sinning? God will forgive me anyway. So what's the problem? What's Paul's answer to that? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Why? Because it's inconsistent with our identity in Christ. And that's what he's going to really unpack here when he keeps going. So he says here now, and he uses an experience or a, or a metaphor here that would have been very easy for his first century audience. But a, a metaphor that makes us uncomfortable. It's the metaphor of slavery. You see, 30%, estimated 30% of the Roman Empire were slaves. If you add in freedmen, freedmen are men and women who were slaves once, but then who paid to be free. If you add in freedmen to that number, about 50% of the population could be considered slaves. It's a whole lot of people. But that slavery is very different to the shameful kind of slavery that marks this country's past. You see, people could sell themselves into slavery, and they did that for a variety of reasons, most notably to pay off debt like the Freedom Unlimited credit card debt. And they would sell themselves into slavery in order to pay off the debt. And once they saved up enough money, they could buy themselves out of slavery. So this is slavery that he's talking about. But regardless of which slavery we're talking about, there's still an essence to slavery that is still true. If you're a slave, there is a marker that is absolutely true of any slave, and that is obedience. When your master calls, you what? Answer. Whatever the master says to do, you do. So obedience is the underlying marker or essence of being a slave. And that's what Paul is talking about here in verse number 16. So <clears throat> he takes his idea of slavery and he now applies it to the spiritual life. 
and he narrows the scope down to two options. He says there are only two options when it comes to our spiritual life. Either we're a slave to sin or we're a slave to obedience. You know, we have a great American theologian by the name of Bob Dylan who wrote a song many years ago, You Gotta Serve Somebody. If you know the song, the, the lyrics go, You Gotta Serve Somebody. It may be the devil or it may be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. And that's, by the way, he got in trouble for writing that song. People pushed back on, on him for writing that song. But that song is so true because we have to serve somebody. Either we're going to serve sin, which leads to death, or we're going to serve obedience, which leads to righteousness. There's no third option. There's just these two. So the question we're trying to answer this morning is which one are we serving? So Paul, in verse number 16, sets forward these two options. And so he says that everyone who has ever been born in this world has been born in sin because we're all under Adam. And that's how we lived life. We lived in sin. We loved sin. We did whatever sin told us to do. We enjoyed living in sin because we didn't know any better. That was the only thing we knew. And so we lived in sin. We listened to the voice of sin in our lives. Whatever it told us to do, we did. But when God intercepted your life, when the gospel illuminated our hearts, the power of God broke into our heart and it broke the power and an enslavement to sin and it set us free. It transferred us from being in the kingdom of sin to being in the kingdom of Christ. That's what the gospel did. And so once we used to be in sin and listening to the voice of sin, now we have a new master. If we have given our heart and life to Jesus Christ, we have responded to the gospel message, then we have a new master. His name is Jesus. How many of you are thankful for Jesus? Amen? But we listen to his voice because we are now his. And so what he says we do, where he sends as we go, now that doesn't mean that sin doesn't still sit here and raise his hand and say, yoo-hoo, over here. But we have a new master. We have the power now to say no to sin and yes to Jesus. That power comes when we give our hearts to Jesus Christ and we are transferred from being in sin to being in, in Christ. And so through grace and through the power of the gospel, the power of sin is broken and we are set free. And as a result, Paul can't help but just explode in praise. In fact, if you look at verse number 17, he, he starts with a doxology. He says, but thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed. God, Paul just can't help but praise God for what happened in the life of the believer, in your life and in mine. We who once were dead in sin and listening to the voice of sin, we have been transformed and transferred into the kingdom of Jesus Christ and listening to a different master. Praise God for what God has done in our hearts, amen? And so he says that we have given ourselves over to the standard of teaching. That's most likely referring to the gospel. You see, the gospel is was what was presented to us. When we were living in sin, when we were living under the dominion of being in Adam, when we didn't know any better, when we were dead in our sins and our trespasses, the gospel was proclaimed. And the power of the Holy Spirit worked in our hearts to bring that gospel message into our hearts. And, and we wholeheartedly obeyed, which made that transfer possible. 
And so Paul thanks God for what God has done in our lives. And, and while we were once dead in our sins, we are no longer that way. We are now set free to become slaves of God, slaves of righteousness. And so Paul goes on in verse number 18 to say, and having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. I'm speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations, for just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. You see, we, we were delivered from sin. We were delivered from bondage. We were delivered from a life that didn't have any other option because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we were transferred into a new kingdom, a new master, a new power, a new identity, all because of what God did on our behalf at the cross. And so Paul says in verse number 19 there that none of these masters are static. Depending on who we serve, whether we're serving sin or we're serving righteousness, these are not static matters. Both of, both of these masters are dynamic. They are both leading us somewhere. He says if you're serving sin, then you're doing more sin, and that sin leads to lawlessness, and lawlessness leads to more lawlessness. How many of you have ever sinned, uh, told a lie before? Can I remind you you're in church, and some of you have just, just lied just now. So we're all in the same boat. How many of you have then had to create another dozen lies to cover up the first lie. And then a couple of days go by and that topic comes back up and now you're creating a whole nother set of lies to cover up the lies that you told to cover up the first lie. You see where this is going? This is a downward spiral. What started off very small and subtle and, and little has grown and grown and grown and it becomes a ginormous thing that consumes us. Ten years from now, when that topic comes up, you're going to have to create a whole nother story of lies to cover up the lies you told ten years ago because of the one lie. That's what sin does. Lawlessness that leads to more lawlessness. But what's the alternative? You see, that's what sin does. But if you're a slave to righteousness, Paul says in verse 19, it leads to sanctification. It leads to righteousness. It leads to life. Instead of having said that lie, if he had told the truth, what would have happened? You're done. There's life. There's integrity. There's honesty. It may hurt to tell the truth, but that truth is far better than the hundred million lies you're going to have to say to cover up a lie. The choice is yours, my friends. Which master are you serving? They're both leading us somewhere. Sin, Paul says, leads us to death. But Jesus leads us to righteousness and life. Which master are you serving? If you've been in Christ and you've been transferred from the kingdom of sin into the kingdom of Christ, then you're no longer dead in your sins. You no longer have to listen to what sin has to tell you. You no longer are crippled by the ability of sin to control your life. You have been set free, but not free to do whatever you want. Free to listen to another master. Free to obey free to follow because it's truly in Jesus that you have true freedom. I hope and pray that you who know Jesus Christ truly understand the freedom that you have. That doesn't mean that we're perfect. I'm not perfect. Every once in a while, sin raises its hand and says, I'm over here, come on over. And once in a while, I listen, probably more often than I want to. 
and I go chasing after the things that it used to tell me to do. But you know what? That's okay. Because Bible, the Bible says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Aren't you so glad for a Jesus like that? That no matter how much we sin, no matter how much we fail, no matter how short of his glory we get, his grace is never exhausted and his forgiveness never runs out. Tim Keller said it this way. He said, Jesus is the only master. If you find him, will satisfy you. If you fail him, he will forgive you. How many of you are glad for Jesus? Amen. So who are you serving? Whose slave are you? It depends on whose voice you are obeying. The second way to understand whose slave you are is to determine what fruit you are bearing. What fruit do you reap? That's what Paul talks about in verse number 20. He goes on to say, For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regards to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. You see, when, when we were slaves of sin, when we were born in this world, we lived in sin, we loved sin. We didn't know any better because that's all we had. And that's what he means when he says that we were free from righteousness. We didn't have a different standard to measure ourselves by. When we saw something, we went and did it. Why? We didn't know any better. That's the only thing we knew how to do. We didn't have an alternative. And that's what Paul is talking about here in verse number 20. We lived that way because we wanted to live in freedom without boundaries and without limitations, doing whatever felt natural and normal to us to make us free. And we enjoyed it. But then he looks at us in verse number 21. And he challenges us to look back. For those of us who have been transferred from the kingdom of sin to the kingdom of Christ, he challenges us to look back at our old life. Think back to the things we used to do. Think back to all of those activities and things that, that we did and ask ourselves, what benefit did we really get from all those things that we used to do? Did they amount to anything? All of that partying and all of that drinking and all of that stuff and all of the things we filled our life with, all of those things, what did it amount to? As Vince said earlier, vanity. All is vanity. It amounted to nothing. Yeah, it was fun for a while. Yeah, it felt good when you did it. But in the end, it left us feeling empty and hollow. It never had any lasting pleasure because the only way to keep that pleasure going was to do more and to do more and to do more of it. And that's what Paul is challenging us to remember. Think back to how you felt when you were in sin, how empty and hollow you felt. And if you had stayed there, if you had stayed in your sin, and if you had stayed doing that, the ultimate end of that is death and death eternal. And so Paul says, for those of us who are in Christ and we are no longer slaves to sin, that is no longer our ultimate end. Our ultimate end is life and life everlasting with Jesus Christ. I'm so thankful for, for life everlasting because of Jesus Christ. We have been set free. And now we live with a new master listening to a new voice because we have the power to say yes to righteousness. And he leads us to different fruit. While that fruit led to death and that fruit was empty and hollow, Jesus leads us to sanctification and holiness 
and life. If you read Galatians chapter 5, Paul says the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. You know, go read it. If you read a little further, you'll also read the fruits of the flesh. All the things that the flesh wants us to do, all the things that the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of sin wants to do, there's fruit that leads to death and there's fruit that leads to life. Friends, what fruit is your life reaping? You can tell which master you are obeying by the fruit that your life is displaying. The third way and final way that we can figure out who, whose slave we are is to understand what destiny awaits us. Notice verse number 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. I don't know if you have this circled in your Bibles or underlined. I would highly recommend that you underline them, circle them. Better yet, memorize them. This is one of the best verses, most just clearest presentations of the gospel. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Friends, there is wages that sin does give you. If you live in sin and you continue to listen to the voice of sin, then sin has a payday. There is a day when you get a big payday. And what is the payout when you live in sin? It's death, both physical and spiritual death for all eternity. You will be separated from God forever. That's the big payout. Alternative to that is if you live for Jesus Christ and you live for righteousness listening to the voice of Jesus, there's a different kind of benefit you get. You don't get wages. You see, wages are for what you deserve. And when you live in sin, what you and I deserve is death. But when we're living for Christ, we don't get what we deserve, do we? We get a whole bunch of things we don't deserve. And what is it that we don't deserve? We don't deserve eternal life. And so it is not what we deserve that we get. We get what we don't deserve. And in His grace, He gives us eternal life. Let me put it a different way to you. If I'm looking for a job, and, and I don't know if you're like me, but if you're looking for a job, I think there are three primary questions. There's lots of questions, but three primary questions. How much will I make? What will I do? And what are the benefits? Would you agree that those are three important questions? If you're living in sin, you're going to get paid death. The benefits, emptiness and hollowness. And what can you do? Anything you want. Do anything you want, whatever you want, whenever you want it, up to your credit limit. But whatever you want, the benefits, emptiness and hollowness. But if you live in Christ, wages, there are none. Everything that had to be worked for has already been worked for. Every wage, every payment has already been paid. Jesus did it for us on the cross. So what do we get then? Well, there's a reward, a gift. It's eternal life. And what do you have to do? Receive that free gift. Listen to his voice. And the benefit? Eternal abundant life now and in the life to come. Does that make sense? Friends, it's your choice. If God is tugging at your heart today, and you've never given yourself over to Jesus Christ, then this is the ultimate question you have to answer. Whose slave are you? 
you're here today and you've been listening to sin and you're living in sin, understand that that road that that master takes you to is death and final destruction. There's no God, no life, no nothing at the end of that road. But if God is tugging at your heart, today would be a great day to come to know Jesus Christ by faith. There's nothing for you to do except say, Lord, I'm sorry for what I've done. I receive the free gift of salvation. I receive what Jesus Christ did for me on the cross. And the moment you make that prayer, you're transferred from the domain of sin into the kingdom of light and and Christ. And you go from being a slave to sin to being a slave to righteousness and all of the benefits and blessings that come with that. I hope and pray you're here today and you have already made that decision. Everyone is a slave, my friends. Only Christians are free. If you're here today and you know Jesus Christ, I'm so thankful for you. But you'll agree with me that there are those days where we're living high with Jesus and everything is wonderful and we're going from one mountaintop to another, right? And there are those days when it all comes crashing down and we give in to sin and we fall and we trip. You know what the beauty of Jesus is? He's not standing there waiting to beat you over the head because you failed again. Didn't I tell you not to do that? Jesus never raises his voice at you, does he? He never stands there with a, with a club waiting to beat you. How is he standing next to you? With his arms wide open. Because you're, you can never exhaust his grace and his forgiveness never, never runs dry. All he's doing is waiting for you to run to him. Rebecca Lyons tells a story, this story in her book, You Are Free. She talks about a tropical snake, a snake that is longer than a man is tall. And this snake slithered through a jungle through the jungle, up the stilts of a jungle cabana and slithered right into one unsuspecting woman's kitchen. She turned around, took one look at that snake, split the day with a blood-curling scream and threw herself out out of her house. Something like you and I would do, right? Pretty soon, a machete-wielding neighbor came by and very calmly walked into the house and beheaded that snake. But based on the neurology and blood flow of a snake, the snake will continue to thrash wildly for a while longer. In fact, that woman in the story stood outside of her house for hours while the beheaded snake in the house thrashed and slittered and and beat against the walls and the doors and the tables and breaking things left and right, all because it did not know that it was dead. What's the point? Well, here's the point. A snake can only wreak havoc until it accepts it has no head. That is, it is in fact dead. And there's a truth in that story for you and for me. You see, the enemy of our soul can only wreak havoc in your life and mine until you and I accept that it is dead, that you and I are truly free. So therefore, be free because that's what we truly are. We are free in Christ, are we not? And so while the snake and the enemy is thrashing around and it looks like it's destroying everything, know that it's dead. Its end is dead. It's already been beheaded on the cross. Church, do you understand that? It makes a lot of noise. It makes a lot of wreckage. It makes a lot of havoc. But you're free. You're no longer bound to that snake. No enemy 
can imprison you. So silence the lies in your head because your Savior empowers you. Nothing can hold you in bondage because you are held by him. No one can hold you back because his arms are holding you. So perhaps this morning, for those of you who are in Jesus Christ, we need to do something. We need to talk to ourselves. I know that sounds strange, but I think we all need to talk to ourselves. We need to tell ourselves, I am a child of God. Why don't you do that? Practice with me. I'm a child of God. Some of you are good at it. Some of you are not so sure. You're free. Every day, many times a day, we need to tell ourselves, I am free from sin. I am no longer a slave to sin. I am a child of God. And when sin gets loud and louder and louder, you need to shout back, no, I'm a child of God. Help me, church. I am a child of God. Tell yourself that. Shout it. Repeat it. Because you got to tell yourself the truth. You are free. You are no longer a slave to sin. You are a child of God. You don't have to listen to that snake. It's dead. It's in its dying throes. You are free. Tell yourself, I'm free. I'm no longer a slave to sin. I am a child of God. Thank you for joining us as we study God's word together. We would love to hear how God is moving in your heart and get you connected into the Woodside Bible Church family. Head to woodsidebible.org connect to introduce yourself to us today.